0: Welcome to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance with Monique Malcolm, a podcast about brilliant people leveraging their passions to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast or come hang out with me on Instagram at Star Only. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey guys, today I have another amazing and super fantastic guest that I cannot wait for you guys to hear her story and about the different things that she does. Let me go ahead and introduce her. Her name is Jackie Amati and she runs a brand, a very super cute, quirky brand called Adorned by Chi and also she writes at the blog Jackie of All Trades. So she's really multi-passionate creative and I am so excited that she's taking time to Chat with us today. Hey, Jackie. Hey! i like to start things out by letting you tell us who you are, what you do, you know, the important things.
1: Okay, so I am a self-taught freelance graphic designer, and I also own a lifestyle brand called Adorn by Chi, and I call it a brand for misfits and magical girls <laughs> because the focus is really on, like, anime, um, quirkiness, and also a bit of black pride.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that a lot. What type of work? Because you said yourself are taught So what did you actually do prior to starting your business?
1: OK, so before I got into freelancing and before I started Adorn by Chi, I was fully employed as a social media marketing associate. So lots of Twitter, lots of Facebook work. Um, and before that, I had an online shop selling vintage clothing and all that. So I've done all of this stuff before. Um, I have experience with marketing and social media through my job. And then I left my job and did my own thing.
0: Oh, okay. So you took the leap. And I I love when people take that risk and go out on their own. How did you know when it was time for you to take that leap?
1: I knew it was time when I found myself dreading waking up in the morning because that meant going to work. (laughs) And um, I was the only black woman at my job. And there was a lot of microaggressions and things. And and as a person who also has anxiety, you know, um, a lot of the way that work culture is kind of set up with politics and, and things like that, I just couldn't see myself getting work done in that kind of environment. And I like working. So um, yeah, when I when I would wake up in the morning and like be filled with dread, I knew it was probably time to go.
0: And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I I find that the more creative people are, uh, the more, I don't want to generalize, but just in my experience with people I know, the more creative they are, the harder times they have in the confines of like a typical corporate job, because you are just kind of wired differently. And even though you want to work, there's just a certain way that you do work. And um, it's not always, I find, conducive to that, because I had that experience too, I used to work at insurance and I used to have literal claims nightmares. Oh no! From the clients from hell that used to call constantly. It would give me nightmares. That's, that's kind of how I knew it was time to leave that. That wasn't gonna be a sustainable future for me. So, were there anything that you did to prepare prior to you deciding to chart your own course?
1: Um, The day I got my job, I actually started my blog, Jackie of All Trades, and I just kind of started as a way to document and build a personal brand, Um, just document my journey towards learning more about online marketing, as well as reflecting on my past experience of e-commerce and what I did wrong, because I did a lot of things wrong, what I did wrong and what I would do right if I were to try again. Um, And I also shared like blogging tips and just anything I learned, I would share. (laughs) Um, And I've had people who tell me like, because in the beginning, like I would celebrate if I made $30, like you best believe I would have a blog post about how I made that $30. (laughs) And I've had people tell me later, like, why were you so excited about making so little? It's like, because I made it. And that's super
0: important. Like I I think, and I'm glad that you made that point because I, I feel like, If People who are already involved online and who have made it, there are smaller people who are still trying to figure it out. And the smaller people, I've had so many conversations where somebody's like, I launched this and it made $500 and I want to know what I did wrong. And I'm like, but this was the first time that you launched something. So why do you think that you did something wrong? You made $500. You didn't have $500 a couple days ago, but you have it now. But they don't feel like that is enough. Like, that's not something to be celebrated in it. It doesn't make them successful. And I'm like, it totally does because it's giving you an awesome foundation. What's wrong with launching something for the first time or or being, you know, a new starter and making $500 the first time out the gate? Because there's plenty of people who launched and made zero.
1: Yeah, that's definitely how I see it too. You know, I could have made nothing. And even if I didn't make nothing, if I, you know, got a few... um email subscribers, or if something positive happened, and I'm going to celebrate the positive and tweak and try and improve. Yeah. I just thought that was funny that that people would come back later and be like, okay, but you only made that much. Like, why were you so happy? (laughs) Yeah. You should definitely celebrate every step of your entrepreneurial journey.
0: I agree. The people who are sending those messages about why you were celebrating, they are the glass half of 50 people. They can't see like the beauty in the The fact that you even got started and these are the results of getting started, which is huge. A lot of people don't even start. It says a lot about you that you even got started. I can't wait to ask you some of these questions because I really want people to go and check out not just your e-commerce store, but like your Instagram and different things like that because you're doing so many things so well but um one thing i want to highlight and you mentioned it in your introduction that you know you really love anime and you frequently reference it throughout your work i mean it's in your designs um you even have a blog post titled business lessons learned from watching anime and i think that i'm not a huge anime fan but my husband and my son are so there's there's lots of anime watching in my house but i'm a cartoon fan so i can see the appeal um I want to talk about this because there are so many people that don't believe you can infuse, like, your weirdness and your quirks into your brand. And here you are growing this brand and growing this community and audience all based on exactly that, your quirkiness and this really niche thing. Um, So... What are some things you would tell somebody who doesn't feel like they can integrate the real parts of themselves into the work that they do?
1: So in the beginning, when I first started blogging and and started joining um, other business and blogging communities, I started getting really self-conscious about what I was doing in general. Like, I I don't have that same kind of like businessy presence that a lot of other people that I see do. Um. So I was like, how do I fit in here with like, you know, I watch like cartoons and anime and like I'm awkward and I, I love weird stuff. Like, how do I fit into this business world of like, I don't know, I don't want to say pantsuits and like kitten heels, but I feel like I didn't really. But it is
0: pantsuits
1: and kitten heels. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I didn't really like fit in. So um, I struggled for a while with all of that. So I definitely I I sympathize with people who feel like they can't express themselves and and the quirks that they have to offer. Um, But honestly, when I started like blocking out all of that kind of like self-consciousness about that and just saying, like, forget it, you know, I'm going to launch another online shop and it's going to be weird. (laughs) That's when it really like things really got a lot better for me and things started to take off. So my advice to anyone who's kind of hesitant is just be you 100% because more people will relate to who you really are than who you're trying to be.
0: So I have this thing and people always laugh about it, but you know how on Instagram you always see those really pretty desks and they're like white, mm-hmm, and they have like a golden mm-hmm. sticker or whatever. <laughs> golden paper clips and their desks are like just so
1: pristine mm-hmm.
0: i hate them i hate them i hate them so much because i don't have a white desk i purposely didn't buy a white desk i don't really even like the color gold um i don't have any golden staplers mm-hmm. it's like not my aesthetic but it and i i know that people do it because like it presents like luxe and you know when you see like the business coaches or like the marketers and they're like you could be on like a yacht sipping glasses of <laughs> champagne and wine um, and I always see those things and I frown they turn me off because those aren't things that I like I, I don't like wine and I know people think that's so strange and so you know when I see things like that that doesn't appeal to me but I think that people overlook the fact that that also works in reverse because then you can see somebody who has like a feed or an ad that's full of like cutesy and it's unicorns and it's glitter and all of the things that you love and that appeals to you. So I think the logic of trying to fit into this box of these gold staplers and white desks, like if that doesn't appeal to you and that turns you off, shut it out and don't, don't create, don't try to imitate that because it's not you, it's not authentic and it doesn't draw in the people that you actually want to create for.
1: It's true. And you'll always be miserable if you're trying to be someone you're not. Like that's that's tiring. It takes a lot. I'm sitting at a white desk that I bought for that very purpose and I have a golden stapler. <laughs> this is from my time of, of trying to be something else. <laughs> I was like, all right, I need this stapler. Like when I saw it at Hobby Lobby, I was like, Finally this will be my like golden ticket into real businessy stuff. I don't know. <laughs>
0: I was going to say it's really easy to get caught up into that, but we have to really remember, like, the people that you want to attract, you want them to be attracted to the real you. Because what happens, like, if you attend events and these people attend them, you don't want them to be let down if they thought you were the golden stapler, white desk girl with kitten heels, (laughs) and then you show up (laughs) there in, like, sneakers. And to that point, let's talk a bit about your community because you've been able to cultivate this, like, amazing community in your words, of misfits and magical girls. And I know this has been huge for your brand. You have your Facebook group, um, Soft Black Girls. Your Instagram feed is popping, and it's it's full of user-submitted images. How do you continuously grow and engage your audience?
1: For me, it's been really—well, in the beginning, it was really organic. And I guess it, it continues to be. I kind of made my Facebook group on a whim, because I thought, okay, it'd be nice to have a group of like my customers who are also into this stuff so I can talk to them about it. And so the group started off with like 200 people and we would talk about anime, like, and talk about all the weird little hobbies that we had and everybody super happy getting to know each other. Um, Some girls even had a meetup on their own, like they've made reading lists, soft black girl reading lists. They've I don't know. It's it's nice to see everybody coming together for this common cause of quirkiness. Um, so I think what happens there is that the the people that I cater to really feel alone, and so I'm kind of bringing them together for a common for a common cause, and people really appreciate that, and so they're eager to join and invite their friends. Um, also, I've made it a point to reach out to influencers who really resonate with my customers and myself, like people that I fangirl over, like Miles J, you know, and like Tima Loves Lemons. Um, So I make sure that I reach out to them and and invite them into the community, which really excites the girls who join. Um, Oh, and making sure that you kind of include people When it comes to your business, I I ask a lot of questions. I ask people what what they want because really they're the ones buying things. So it's not just about me. It's about us as a group just celebrating soft black girl things. (laughs) Hopefully that makes
0: sense. (laughs) That makes plenty of sense. And at this point, I think it's it's working. I know your Instagram has 15,000 followers. And then, then how many do you have in your Facebook group?
1: There's 3,000 in the Facebook group, which I was super excited about, which I know 3,000 isn't that huge, but it's a really nice number. (laughs) It's a great number because, I mean,
0: these are people who have opted in, especially on Facebook, where, you know, it's it's a little bit more uh, different than, you know, Instagram and other platforms. Like, these are people who have opted in to connect with you and your brand on a deeper and more personal level. So I definitely think it's working. And, And even what you said about, influencers one thing that people always ask me when I send surveys to my audience things like that they always want to know like how do how do I grow my audience how do I get more people to notice my brand and i mean this is how you do it you make people feel like they're in a real community and that they are a part of something more than just buy whatever this is that i'm selling so i think that you know in this respect you're doing an excellent job of that because you have, like you said, united uh, these girls under this common cause and they're excited. And, and other people are, are seeing that enthusiasm and enjoying it as well. So good job on that. But I keep on talking about, um, <laughs> I keep talking about your Instagram, which I think is super cute and it's amazing. Um, you, you do a really nice job of mixing product photos uh, you know, um, like you said, responding to things that people want. So posting, you know, I, I saw that you have dad hats now because people wanted dad hats, and, um, <laughs> and it's so funny <laughs> that those hats are yeah. coming back. But fashion is strange like that.
1: <laughs> I know. Now I have to get straight wigs because I only ever wear like gigantic curly wigs. I'm like, I can't even wear my own dad hat. Oh, that that brings
0: me to my point. I know that a lot of the photography, especially like product photos and the photos that have models in them, um, you're really big. Are you still taking those pictures yourself or at this point, have you hired like that out to somebody else?
1: Actually for the last year, my little brother, He was 15. Now he's 16. He was taking all of my pictures. Like (laughs) I just handed him a camera and I was like, I'm going to pick you up after school. Can you help me? And I'll buy you like Chick-fil-A. And he'd be like, okay. So, (laughs) Yeah. So he took all my pictures and now I, I recently moved back to Dallas. And so I don't have my photographer anymore. So right now I'm taking pictures myself. Um, so yeah, I'm my own photographer.
0: <laughs> but I, I love that you just shared that, that you, you handed your little brother a, ca- a camera and asked him to take your photos because I, that shows that you're resourceful. And I think that is huge. It's huge as a creative. It's especially huge as a creative that sells a physical product. Because, you know, for a long time, I had a clothing line um, and I don't do it as much anymore, but anti-sparkle apparel. And people are always asking things like, how did you get started? And who does this and who does that? And I'm like, I do all of those things. Because when you have a store, especially if you have inventory, like things get expensive real fast. <laughs> you have to be really conscious of like, where is the money going? Trying to keep a hand on your expenses. And I find that mock-ups don't always get the job done. I mean, they sometimes they do but not in every instance. People like to see clothing and things in actual use, like on a person.
1: Yeah. I noticed that when I put up a shirt on a mock-up, it does not get even like half the interest as when I put it on a person. And I'm like, you know, if I wear it and I'm walking towards the camera, like a lot of my pictures are me, they're cropped at the face because it's usually me like screaming at my little brother, like stop taking pictures now. And I'm like, walking towards him like give me the camera back and he's just clicking away <laughs> like there was a picture in my foxy and brown t-shirt which that t-shirt I sold so many of those um and it was like I cropped myself out like my face out because I was literally like mouth open like screaming at him like can you stop <laughs> and that picture did so well <laughs> So I thought it was hilarious. Like, yeah, people like things in motion. They definitely
0: do because people can see themselves in it. So the message in that that design is like foxy and brown. And then you're in a super cute outfit, melon and popping. So, of course, like now they're seeing themselves in that picture. And they're like, of course, I, I need this design. So um, I think that it's one, it's important to be resourceful. And, and I love that you shared um, how you get your pictures done. To give other people ideas, because I think that immediately you know, people think that you have to hire out and you have to do all these things, but in the beginning, things can be super lean. And when they are, then you have to figure out other ways to get stuff done. So with your Instagram, how are you able to curate such a cohesive stream? Because, I mean, it's really, really well-branded and specific.
1: Oh well, thank you. I think that comes from a lot of my products being pink, honestly. <laughs> a lot of my products have pink in them, and then I use, like, pink backgrounds. Like, with my backgrounds, um, for things like pins or, like, uh, keychains and things like that, I literally just bought, like, a little square of paper from Hobby Lobby, and I, like, lay it on the floor by my window, And take those pictures Um, and then I also make sure to kind of alternate like if I have a full body picture the next picture will be a close-up and then if I have a close-up the next image will be a mock-up and I don't like put too many of the same kind of pictures next to each other I also like to keep things extremely bright Um, so I like things with white backgrounds if it's not pink and it's going to be like really bright white or outdoors um so yeah, that's pretty much how I do it. I don't even have any rules really because my products are so girly and pink that it all just kind of comes together. <laughs> <laughs> when
0: you shoot do you shoot on a, a DSLR or do you iPhone photography?
1: Um yeah, I have three cameras. I have a Nikon D3100 and then I have a Canon T5i, I think, and then also those two are DSLRs, and then I have a Sony Alpha 5000, and that one is like just a little handheld camera. Um, and that I use for like really quick pictures or if I'm taking video, things like that. Um, yeah, I definitely just kind of play around with stuff. I've bought like a bunch of random lenses. Um, and I also am not a trained photographer, but I do take lots of pictures. All
0: right. So we're going to switch gears for just a second, because I want to ask you about being a creative. So you do a lot, you're doing graphic design, you are running your shop, you have a community, you're doing all of these things. And I know that when you're creative, you tend to take on way too many projects. So how do you protect your energy so that you can continue to create while also doing all of these things?
1: So lucky for me, I really like what I'm doing and it doesn't really feel too much like work. I mean, at at times it does and I'm like, oh my gosh. But you know, I really like talking to the girls in my group. So managing the group isn't isn't like work to me I really like talking to people so social media is not really work to me um so it really honestly it energizes me um rather than kind of zaps my energy there are some parts of it that aren't so fun you know like being your own accountant being you know you also have to like um package a bunch of orders and then clean up and keep things organized um Count, you talk to manufacturers and, like, package products and keep everything in order and in line. Um, so those, when it comes to stuff like that, I like to take breaks and maybe I'll watch, like, a funny show um, or, like, I don't know, eat yogurt and then get right back to it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. Eat yogurt is your, your way to this. I'm okay like, oh, my God. Somebody please bring me a cupcake. I really want
1: one. <laughs> one <so. laughs> Cupcakes so are good too, though. Of, they're,
0: my, they're my favorite. It's, it's bad. But <laughs> with all the things that you've done and accomplished so far, what do you feel like your keys to success are?
1: Um. So I'm somebody who's more of a lone wolf. Um, I usually am alone. I like doing things alone and I do everything by myself, you know, Um, but something that's really helped me is collaborating with other people and talking to other business owners. And when you're just relying on your own ideas, you're always going to hit a wall. But when you have other people telling you, like, maybe you should try this or have you heard of that or here's this, it kind of gives you it expands your mind and you see more opportunities and then you also help each other. So definitely kind of opening myself up to get to know other business owners was something that helped me. And I was trying to avoid it, you know, because I felt like I was saying earlier, I felt kind of not like I didn't really fit in with other business people, but no, they're all cool. Chill. I love women-owned businesses. I love men-owned businesses too, but you know, girl power.
0: (laughs) Yes, girl power all the way, every day. So we're kind of getting to the end here, but I have uh, two more questions I want to ask you. So the first one is, uh, so I like to do the Pimp Your Brilliance Action Challenge, which is uh, three things, you know, advice, tips, strategies that you would give to somebody who was interested in starting a quirky, personality-fueled e-commerce shop. What are three things that Mm -hmm. you would tell them that they should do right now before they get started?
1: Okay, number one is make a little bit of a plan. You don't have to make like a super strict plan, but just have a good idea of what your brand is going to represent and what it's going to be because you don't want to just throw things out there and confuse people and they don't know like, does she represent this or does she represent that? So really sit and make like a mission statement um, what do you want your brand to be? Because in the beginning, I didn't sell any of the things I sell now. I made headbands like I made handmade headwear because that's all the materials I could afford. Loki. So <laughs> but the message and the mission was still the same and it still remains the same is celebrating quirky women of color. Um, so that's number one is make sure you know who you are, who you're going to be talking to and what your brand represents and write that down and stick to it. (laughs) Action tip number two, um, look at other brands that you admire and see the kind of products that they sell and kind of make like a folder, an inspiration folder. Um, Take images that speak to your your brand message that you just made up (laughs) and write down a list of products that you'd like to sell. If it's t-shirts or jewelry or headwear or patches, pins, whatever it is. And then from there, number three, start to research how you can get those items made. Google is the most free, you know, and the best university that there is to attend. So, <laughs> and I know a lot of people say, yeah, a lot of people think like, I don't know how to make shirts. I don't know how to make pins and I don't know how to make patches. But everything there is to make, like if you Google how to make pins or how to make patches, I guarantee you something will come up (laughs) and start to study that and even pay you know um there are resources a lot of people ask like where do you get your clothes from if you know if you sell um, clothing online there's a lot of resources like um I'm forgetting her name but there's someone Sonia I forgot her last name but she sells like a directory of um reputable wholesalers for $10 (laughs) and that $10 will help you immensely. So there's definitely lots of resources out there. Take your time. Don't think that you have to rush and create a business in like a week, but also don't let fear hold you back and don't delay it for like a year or something because you're overthinking it. Go with the flow and let Google guide you. (laughs) And that's my advice.
0: (laughs) And I think that's solid advice. I will Make sure I include a link to Sonya's directory in the show notes for any of you guys who are interested in that. But I also have to say your tip on Google, that is so much truth. I cannot tell you the number, just pretty much everything I know, I learned
1: from Google. Same.
0: So there's, there's, <laughs> there's no information that's not available to you because if you can Google, then you can find answers to everything under the sun. It's, it's there and it's free. That's the best part.
1: Exactly. Like Google, that's how I taught myself how to design because, um, you know, designing is expensive. Getting a designer is expensive. And I, um, I freelance, you know, so I know it can be pricey. And the reason why I even started teaching myself to design is because I couldn't afford to hire a designer. Like, that's the start of a lot of things that I do (laughs) is that I could not afford it. So I if you can't sacrifice the money, you can definitely sacrifice the time. And there are so many. YouTube is also Google and YouTube, two best universities, better than Yale and better than Harvard. (laughs) You can learn anything. (laughs)
0: I I agree with that. And I I love what you said about um, needing to learn these things out of necessity because your budget restricted you. I think that is one of the most important lessons that I continuously learn in my own business is that limitations help you get real creative. Um, You will you'll try to figure out all types of ways to get things done because of what you're limited by, especially when you know that you still need to do things. So um mm-hmm. I, I agree 100%.
1: <laughs> There's power in broke. Like Damon John, I think he says that. He has a book. <laughs> the power of broke. <laughs> oh. That,
0: that that's so funny that you mentioned that cuz that was going to be my last question. Are you a reader and, you know, what books are you currently reading or what books have you read that have blown your mind?
1: The one and only. Well, right now I'm reading Welcome to Night Vale, which is not busy at all but it's good. <laughs> but um, my most like the most powerful book on marketing to me is it's Influence by Robert Cialdini. I, I hope I'm saying his name right. That book, I haven't even finished it because every time I start reading it, I stop and take notes and then I apply it to my business. That book is like, I think it's called like the power practice or something of persuasion. It But it's it's called Influence. And Basically, he goes through like a series of psychological um, kind of experiments that kind of teach you how to influence human behavior, which is what every marketer does. Anyone in advertising. So, Um, yeah, get that book. Read that book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you've heard it here. So you said Night Vale and influence.
1: Yes. Welcome to Night Vale is just good if you like like creepy stuff and influence is great. (laughs) Influence is great if you're trying to build any business or if you're just trying to survive like the corporate grind, get influence and it'll teach you how to like make people do what you want, which sounds terrible. (laughs) But it's a great book. Well, yay.
0: I'll definitely be checking out both of those because I love a good non-business book to read. And I'm always looking for more businessy type things to learn. So, you know, thank you so much for coming on the show. I was so excited when you said that you would do it um, because I I love your brand. I, I love what you stand for. I love how you're injecting your offbeatness into what you do and that's really a thing that i'm a champion for like just just be you and uh, create from that place so i love that you are a shining example of that so i'm so thankful that you would share all of your knowledge and resources and insight with my audience that way
1: oh well thank you for having me
0: thank you guys for tuning in and that's it for this week's episode thanks so much for listening Learn more about this show and get access to show notes by visiting KeepChasingTheStars.com. While you're there, make sure you subscribe for updates. I'll be back next week. And in the meantime, go out there and pimp your brilliant.